times down through the years I've been in a room with people that was fixing to pass away. And a lot of times we'd sing, get singing to them. And uh, we'd uh, sing some hymn or some song and uh, like, like they sung, and uh, that last one. And uh, I was thinking about, uh, can you imagine somebody fixing to die and fixing to cross over and they're in the room playing Christian rock headed the wrong way, I think. Amen. Uh, There's the kind of music, it's God's music, that ministers to the soul. And uh, it might not move your feet, but it'll move your heart. And uh, make you think about the cross and about what the Lord's did uh, up there on Calvary's Hill. Amen. All right. I've kind of been down all week. I've had trouble with a sciatic nerve. I got studying that. It's amazing how close that looks to satanic nerve. I think that'd be a better name for it. Uh, but God has answered prayer, and the chiropractor made the right moves, and I'm feeling a whole lot better today. Uh, amen. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Bible says uh, endure hardness. Sometimes you've got to keep going even when you don't feel like going. Uh, you've got to endure hardness for the Lord's sake. And the Lord always bless you for it. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning to all you that are in the pew this morning. What chairs? We don't have pews. And all those that are listening by the way of the internet and uh, those that are listening by any other means, uh, we're glad you're tuned in today. We hope the Lord will speak to you this morning from the Word of God. i got a real simple sermon, and a lot of my points Mike's done preached in Sunday school, but i preach them again. God will... Uh, Sometimes God wants to hit the nail twice and drive it in a little deeper. Used to when I was a young preacher and be in a camp meeting or a preacher's fellowship and guy in front of you get up and preach your message and then you scrambling, boy, what am I going to do? He's done preach my message. But I've learned, I learned over the years, sometimes God wants to hit the nail twice and He wants to hit the same thing again. And uh, so I got a couple of points there that uh, we studied in Sunday school this morning. Uh, but this is what the Lord has laid upon my heart today. I hope it will help you. I turn to John 14 this morning. John 14. And uh, we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 3, which a lot of people, if they're regular in church, they could quote them. Uh, great verses there. The Lord, as Brother Mike's talking about them red letter words, that's what these are. I had a fellow ask me one time. He said, Preacher, I want to ask you a question. I said, All right, I don't know if I'll be able to answer it or not. But he said, Does them red letter words have more power than them blackens? I said, No, it's all the Word of God. Uh, it's all the Word of God. And the red ones just let us know when Jesus is speaking. They make a Bible now that's got the words in the Old Testament that are red when the Lord's speaking. I seen one back some time ago. All right, John 14 and verses 1 through 3. The Bible said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself 
that where I am there you may be also. Thank you. Be seated. Father, we come this morning. Thank you for ministering to us already this morning through uh, the word that was taught and songs that have been sung. And now, Lord, we pray you'll continue to minister to us through these verses that have been read and what you've laid upon my heart that I know to say and what you will lay upon my heart that I don't know yet what I'm going to say. Lord, I ask you this morning, uh, Lord, to send your word out. And the Bible said the Lord sent his word and uh, and it'll heal them, the Bible said. The, The word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we should be like Job who desired the Word more than his necessary food. Lord, thank you for the blessings this week. Thank you for answering prayer. Lord, I pray this morning that you'll scan our hearts today. Lord, if you find one don't have the blood, I pray the Spirit of God would speak to their heart and draw them, Lord, to you. And Lord, that they might in humble prayer Lord, I ask you to save them and confess you as our Savior this morning. Lord, I pray for all others, Lord, today that are uh, struggling today with different things. I pray they might get some help from God's hand today. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to preach this morning on Jesus' cure for heart trouble. Uh the disciples here have got heart trouble. You say, how hey, you know that? Well, the Lord said they did. He said, let not your heart be troubled. The devil in these times that we're living in, the devil would like to give everybody heart trouble. And uh, I don't mean the kind of heart trouble that you do an EKG or you do a diet test from. Uh, I don't mean that kind of heart trouble. There's another kind of heart. Uh, the Bible talks about, the Bible speaks about the heart, believing from the heart and uh, different things about the heart. And, uh, and heart trouble's bad in the physical sense. It's even worse in the spiritual sense. And the Lord looks on these disciples here and He said, Let not your heart be troubled. The devil in these times we're living in, he would like to see all of us have spiritual heart trouble. Say, what do you mean, Brother Rick? Well, the Bible says over there in Hebrews 3 and 8, the Bible said you can harden your heart. So you can get a hard heart. Uh, How do you do that? Well, the Bible says through unbelief. When we don't believe God, then we allow our hearts to get hard. Amen. And uh, a lot of people letting that happen in this day and time in which we're now living. Uh, The Bible says we can have faint hearts. Our hearts can faint. Listen to this verse in Deuteronomy. What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return into his house, lest his brother's heart faint as well as his own heart. Once you notice two things there. One, he said, let him that is fearful. Faint-heartedness has to do with being afraid. That's what the verse said. It said, what man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? And then the Lord said, if you are faint-hearted, go into the house. You say, why? He said, because that thing's contagious. And he said, if you're faint-hearted, he said, your brother's heart will faint as well. As well. Now, I'm going somewhere here in a minute. 
Then in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter 7, look at verse 4. And say unto him, Take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted. You notice again in every verse the connection has to do with fear. Look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 23. The Bible said, They have heard evil tidings. They are faint-hearted. There is sorrow on the sea, and it cannot be quiet. You say, what's that mean? That means there's a troubling. Like the Bible said in Isaiah uh, 57 and verse 19, the Bible said uh, there, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And he said, For they're like the troubled sea that goes down and brings up muck and mire. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And so the devil would like us to have to be faint-hearted this morning. He would like us to be hard-hearted this morning. And he would like us to have heart failure today. I don't mean the kind that they're going to come and they're going to, uh, they're going to do whatever they do. What is that, CPR or something? They do that. Uh, uh, I don't mean that kind. You, but you say, where's that at? Well, the Bible said in Luke 21, verse 26, said, man's heart's failing them. Heart failure's in the Bible. Man's heart's failing them for fear of looking out on what's coming. So we see that in every case, the hard-hearted, the faint-hearted, the fearful-hearted, that in every case, it has to do with a connection with fear. Now, what we read this morning is the Lord's answer. Why He said that was because what's said in the previous chapter in verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I follow thee now? I'll lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. And so the Lord is talking about going away. They don't understand all that. Uh, they don't understand the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. They don't even get that till after He rises from the dead. Uh, they don't get that. Uh, all they know is the Lord said He's going away. Is He going to another country? Is He, uh, is he going to leave us and go somewhere else? Uh, they're confused about what the Lord's saying here about His departure. And they're curious about it. I mean, they love the Lord. They've been following Him for three years. I, I listen to Him teach. They have hope that He's going to be the one uh, that's going to restore Israel. And so they're confused about all this business about the Lord leaving. They're concerned about it. They're confused about it. They're curious about it. They want to know more of what's going on. Now the good thing out of all that that you want to get this morning, that'll help you this morning, is a good thing you want to get is that Jesus knew they had heart trouble. He looked at them. He looked out at them and said, Let not your heart be troubled. Why did he say that? Because they looked like they had heart trouble. Like some of you look this morning. Somebody said, I, You know, it amazes me how the Lord would go into a crowd and he'd get to preaching 
and he would know that somebody uh, didn't like what he was saying. I said, that's no marvel. I've done that before. I mean, you can tell by the expression on people's face that they think you're crazy or they don't believe what you're saying or they don't get it. they got a puzzled look. But the Lord looked on the face of these disciples and He knew that they were troubled. And the Lord don't want them to be troubled. The Lord don't want these disciples to have this spiritual heart trouble. So the Lord speaks three verses here. And it's His cure for heart trouble. It worked back then and it'll work today. Uh, It's the Lord's cure for heart trouble. Uh, It's three things to it I want to give you this morning. And first of all, we see that the cure had to do with faith. The Bible said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. And so the first thing the Lord tells His disciples, and no doubt they had faith, but a lot of people got faith today, but they don't have the right kind of faith. What's your faith in this morning? Is your faith in the CDC? Is that what you're facing this morning? Is your faith in the government? Lord, I hope not. Is your faith this morning in God? If it is, that's the right kind of faith that will cure heart trouble. And the Lord comes to these disciples and He looks at these disciples here and He recognizes their trouble and He said, Believe in God, He said. Faith will help your heart trouble. Amen. Sometimes you and I, we live and act like our God's dead and He don't exist. We act that way and live that way sometimes. But the answer to every problem that we have uh, is to believe in God. Uh, faith will help. Uh, faith will help when other things don't help. Amen. Uh, uh, these disciples here, and I know, I know they had faith, uh, but the Lord wanted to make sure they had the right kind of faith, because just any kind of faith won't help your heart trouble this morning. Uh, faith in the CDC. Uh, that won't help your heart trouble this morning. Let me ask my medical experts this morning, what does that mean, Cheryl? CDC? Center for Disease Control. See, I knew she'd know it. I studied it this morning a long time, but I knew I'd forget it. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, a lot of people believe everything they say and almost everything they've said is wrong. Uh, so we can't put our faith in them and we can't put our faith in the government, amen, because uh, uh, we don't know what's going to happen there uh, and uh, we can't trust them uh, because uh, they always have let us down and they'll, uh, I'll just let you know, they're going to be faithful. They'll continue to do that, amen. But our faith in God, you say why? Because God has never let me down. Uh, He's disappointed me sometimes when he didn't act the way I thought he ought to act, but in the long run, I've seen that he knew more about uh, the situation than I did. Uh, But God is faithful. God won't let you down. I love that verse in Lamentations 3 and verse 21 where the Bible said, This I call to mind, therefore have I hope. Uh, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And His compassions are new every morning, uh, and great uh, uh, is Thy faithfulness. Uh, 
I'm glad that we have a faithful God that we can put our faith and our trust in. But you see, the Lord wants to make sure they got the right kind. And so notice He said here, He said, Let not your heart be troubled. Underline that little two-letter word, Ye believe in God. Did you know know if Brother Caleb had enough faith that he could move mountains? It wouldn't do me one bit of good. No, sir, because that's his faith. I've got to have my own faith. The Lord said, make sure you believe in God. Uh, uh, Not that I believe in God, not that these other disciples believe in God, but make sure you believe in God. Uh, It must be a personal regard. In other words, it has to be your own personal regard. Faith, amen. My faith can't save you. Uh, My faith can't get you forgiven. Uh, uh, It's got to be your faith uh, uh, is what it's got to be. Now, uh, I know know in the uh, New Testament situation there that the Lord saw him letting that man down. The Bible said when he saw their faith, amen. Uh, But when you get over into the church age, it's got to be your faith uh, uh, if you're going to get anything done from God. And it's got to be positioned rightly. You've got to have uh, the right position in your faith. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible said, believe in God. Believe in God. Jesus said that. Jesus said, have faith in God. And in two verses below that, in verse 24, He said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When we couple that up with all the other verses, it talks about praying in the will of God. If you pray in the will of God and you believe God, your prayer is going to get answered. That's what the Bible said. Amen. So it has to be a position rightly, but it has to be paralleled respectfully. You say, what do you mean? The Bible said, He said, believe in God, and He said, believe also in Me. It can't just be believing in God, though Jesus is God. We know there's a Father, there's a Son, and there's a Holy Ghost. And we have to believe in all of them. Amen. That's the problem today with the Muslims. That's the problem today with a lot of these other things. They believe in God. You'd be pressed hard to find a lot of people in the world that don't believe in God. Uh, But you see this morning, it has to be hooked up with the right thing. Uh, It says you believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, I've got to believe God. I've got to believe that God sent His Son. He died for my sins. I've got to believe in Christ. Uh, And when I believe in God and I believe in Christ, uh, uh, then I've got the kind of faith that will help my heart tremble this morning. Amen. Believe also in me. The Bible said the devil believes and trembles, but he don't believe in Jesus Christ. He don't believe in Him. A lot of people believe in God, but their, their faith is not right. When the Antichrist comes, uh, he's going to claim at one point to be God. And the one thing the Antichrist is against, he's against Jesus Christ. And in 1 John 4 In 1 John 2, one of the ways that you can tell the spirit of Antichrist and tell the Antichrist is that he denies that Jesus has come in the flesh. He denies the virgin birth. He denies he's the Son of God. He denies he rose from the dead. He denies that he's coming again. That's the spirit of Antichrist. 
You see, a lot of people are going to believe in God when the Antichrist comes and he sets up his kingdom and he gets it all in place. Uh, uh, about three years into that thing, they're going to go into the temple one day and he's going to have an image set up there of himself uh, and he's going to just say what he already said back in Isaiah 14. Uh, he's going to say, I'm going to be like God. Uh, he's never going to be like God. He's going to be like he's always been. He's going to be a devil. Amen. The cure has to do with faith. You got faith this morning? Number two, the cure had to do with the Father. Amen. He said, in my Father's house. In my Father's house. Ask you a question this morning, those of you that had a good father, a good home, I know, I know in the world today, and that's what's wrong with a lot of young people today. They don't have a father figure in their life. They don't have a father figure. And they say, well, they got two mamas. Well, two mamas can't do what a mama and a daddy can do. God knows more than Dr. Spock and all the other uh, crazy people in this world. God knows more than what they know. And God made them Adam and Eve. You say, why? Because a child needs a mother and a father. Now, I say that with sympathy this morning for those that uh, have had a bad home that's fell apart and, and uh, your marriage didn't hold together. And I know you're doing the best you can possibly do uh, raising a child by yourself. Uh, but I'm telling you that a child needs a mama figure in its life uh, and a child needs a daddy figure in its life. Uh, Amen. And so, if you ever had a good mama and a good daddy, let me ask you something this morning. Did you ever there about four or five years old or six or seven or eight years old? Was you ever walking around in the living room saying, Lord Jesus, I don't know how daddy's going to pay that light bill this month. Lord, I don't know what mama's going to fix for supper. I don't know what daddy, I don't know where daddy's going to get us anything to eat tonight. Uh, Lord Jesus, I don't know where Daddy's uh, going to get me some clothes to wear to school. I, I don't know where I'm going to get lunch money at. Uh, Lord, I don't know what Daddy's going to do to keep people breaking in our house and killing me or stealing what we've got. Did you know not one time did you ever do that? Amen. You know why you didn't do it? You had a father that you trusted. That you knew was going to take care of you. Now whether or not he is able to or not, it didn't matter. You believed he would. So you never had to take nerve pills. You never had to walk around wringing your hands. You say, why? You had a father. You had a father in your life. Now the cure for heart trouble is faith. And the cure to heart trouble, Jesus said, uh, is to have a father. Is to have a family. Well, you say, if you got saved this morning, you're born into the family of God. Mike taught that this morning. John 3 and 3, Jesus said, you must be born again. You don't join into the family of God. You don't baptize into the family of God. You believe into the family of God. And when you believe, you get born again. You get saved. And you get in God's family. Amen. Brother Mike, he give us these verses too. So the Lord wants you to have it again. Romans 8, 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
Now let me park that for a minute. Let me say I'm so glad that the Bible didn't say for as many as follow the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You say, why? Because you've never followed the Spirit of God all week long, every day, 24 hours a day in your life. Uh, uh, But you say, uh, the Spirit of God, if you're saved, He's always leading whether you follow or not. He's leading, amen. Uh, You see all these empty seats? The same Holy Ghost that led you to come led somebody else to come. They didn't follow. We'll come back tonight. And uh, what's over there in the corner will be about what we got out here tonight. You say, did the Lord not lead the rest of them to come back? No, same Spirit leading. Same Spirit leading. Are they sons of God? Yep, sons of God. But not all sons of God follow God, but all sons of God are led by God. Make sure you get that this morning. And so he says, Uh, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. They tell me, I don't know, they tell me that word Abba is the word Papa. And they said the Spirit of God, when you get saved, you receive the Spirit of God in your heart. And one thing I noticed when I got saved, I uh, and you probably never noticed it, but it probably happened. Uh, when you got saved, uh, uh, you all at once automatically started praying, uh, and you found yourself praying this way, Father, 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 uh, uh, before you just called Him God or Lord or something like that. But now when you pray, you find yourself saying, Father, Father, Father. You say, why is that? Because the Spirit that's in you has let you know that you're His Son, uh, and you can call Him Father, Amen. Did you know this morning there's three ways to get in a family? You say what? Well, you can be born into that family. Uh, Mother and father, uh, bone and bone, blood and blood. You can be born into that family. I was born into the prophet family. There's three ways that you can get in somebody's will. You say, how's that? Be born in that family. Amen. Be born in that family and you can get in their will. I'll tell you another way you can get in. Be adopted. Be adopted. You can be adopted and get into somebody else's will. I found out some time ago that they can cut out somebody that's born in the family out of the will, but they can't cut out somebody that's been adopted out of the will. How about that? You say you said three. Yep. Uh, I've seen in the paper a lot of times it'll say uh, they had a brother, a John, they had a sister Mary, uh, their mom and dad, and then down at the very bottom it'll say in a special friend. Sometimes friends get in the wheel. But the good thing about that, reading I said all that, is I got in in all three. I got born in, I got adopted in, and Jesus called me friend in John 15, 15. Uh, uh, So I'm glad I'm in, amen. Uh, I'm in, thank God. Uh, I'm adopted. I'm not going to get cut out of the wheel, thank God. I'm glad this morning, listen, I'm glad that the cure for heart trouble is to recognize you have a Father in heaven. I've heard David Jolly brag on his father and every word's true. He had a real good father. But he's got one even better than that. Amen. Amen. 
The Bible said when mother and father forsake thee, when they die, when they're gone, said the Lord will take you up. Amen. Thank God for my earthly father, how I miss him, how I think about him. But I'm glad that I've got a heavenly father that will never die. I'll never go to the funeral home. I I will never bury him. Why? Because he's God and he always has been. He always will be. And I have a father this morning that is able to look at me and tell when my heart's troubled. The Bible said, Jesus said, Here in verse 2, he said, in my father's house. Talk about cure for heart trouble. Remember, your father's got a house. If you had a good father and things went bad and you lost your job, your marriage fell apart, there's always one place you know you could go back to. Amen. You could always go back to the father's house. I'm glad God's got a place. Uh, I thank God for the house He gave me on 1721 Rover Road, but I thank God He's given me a house on the other side. Because I ain't going to be on this side all the time. I'm going to be going to the other side. Uh, and the Bible said, In my Father's house, I have a mansion. You have a mansion. Uh, the NIV says, You have a room. I'll keep the old King James. It says, You have a mansion. Thank God. And I figure a room that Jesus would make me would be better than any mansion down here anyway. Amen. And so the Bible says that our Father has a place. We'll never be homeless. Ain't that good? We'll never be homeless. We always got somewhere we can go. Amen. Look here. He says... In my Father's house, verse 2, are many. My Father's got plenty. Somebody said, what's the economy going to do? Who knows? My Father's promised me food and raiment. Amen. I'm going to have something to eat. I told you during that pandemic, I think I did, it just started. And uh, somebody called me. And they said, preacher, or they text me, and I got on my phone, it said, go down to your mailbox. Okay. I went down to the mailbox, and wrapped up in that mailbox was a big package of country ham. Now, I'm not talking about Clifty Farm. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about fresh killed ham. Amen. I, You say, what'd you do? I got it out and I started up the house and I said, Elijah ain't got nothing on me, bless God. I didn't see who brought it, but God put ham in my mailbox. About two weeks later, somebody's text come up again, preacher, check your mailbox. I went down and checked my mailbox, envelope in there, 10 $100 bills. You say, what'd you do after I got through shouting back up to the house? Or what? I went up there and I told my wife, I said, you ain't going to believe what we got in the mailbox. I said, we got $1,000 in the mailbox in an envelope. She said, who brought it? I said, who cares? We got it. <laughs> ain't no name on it. Ain't nothing on it. Amen. And so I go up there and, uh, and, and I think, praise God, you know. Well, wasn't about three weeks later, they called again, 
or some text, the preacher check your mailbox. You don't have to text me now. I'm checking it every day. I go up there and another envelope full of money. I tell you, I hate to see this thing in. What I'm telling you is, God let me know, God let me know that God was going to take care of me. Amen. Amen. And the same God that's my Father is your Father. Amen. God will take care of you, maybe not in that way, but He'll take care of you in the way you need taken care of. Amen. God's got a place. God's got provision. That's what caused that old prodigal boy to go back home. He's down there and his stomach's gnawing on his backbone. He's growling. He ain't got nothing to eat. And he's standing there one day and he remembered something. You say, what did he remember? He remembered what a whole lot of people right now need to remember. He has a father. And he said, in my father's house... He said, in my Father's house is bread enough to spare. God take care of you. Realize you got a Father. Brother Ziegler used to say that I don't have to beg on the door stoop of anybody because he said, I got a Father in heaven that knows my needs before I even asked them, the Bible said. We see this Father has a place. You got a place to go. This father has provisions. God will see that you get what you need. Not what you want now, what you need. I was in revival up in Muncie, Indiana. They had me stand out in the boondocks in a prophet's quarter and no TV, no radio, nothing, you know. They don't want to run the evangelist, but they're all sitting at home with a 52 inch screen watching it. Amen. I was out there with no radio. I was out there with no television. I was out there without anything, amen. I'm telling you, when you get out there like that, without a radio, without a TV, without anything, you got a whole lot of time to think. Did you know that? And I sat there and I got to thinking about my father. And I got to thinking about God. And I got to thinking about the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, the first night I was nervous, sir. You see why? This thing had a, a fellowship hall that seat 500 people. Church seat about 50. And it had a wood floor. Have you ever slept in the back room of a fellowship hall that'll sleep, that'll seat 500 people with a wood floor? That thing cracks and moans all night long. I was scared to death the first night. I finally did go to sleep. And just as I went to sleep, the preacher forgot to tell me there's a train runs right behind the fellowship hall. And just as I went to sleep, that train come through there and blowed his horn. Every night he'd blow his horn. I'm standing up in the bed. What in the world's going on? What in the world's going on? But you know what? The next day I got me a folding chair. And I went out there and I sat right in the middle of that fellowship hall. And did you know what? Every crack, every pop, every noise it made at night, it made it in the daytime too. But it didn't bother me in the daytime. You say, why? It wasn't dark. It wasn't dark. You get out preaching, you don't know where you're going to stay. 
I mean, it's a real blessing when you get there and they say, Preacher, we got you staying out here in the fellowship hall out in the boondocks. And uh, we just want you we just want you to put up out here and uh, and preacher, we just want you to know this thing's been broke into four times this year. You say, What do you do? Tars judge laying right by the bed, sleep light. But the best thing is to remember that you got a Father in heaven that when you're asleep, He's awake because He never sleeps nor slumbers. Amen. Prosperity, boy. Our Father's rich. The Bible said He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The Bible said He said all the gold's mine, all the silver's mine. He said the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to the Lord. I think He'll figure out some way to get you by if you're His child. Because it ain't going to look too good on Him if you're down here begging. I mean, if my children were out here begging, knocking on your door, you wouldn't think I was much of a father. Amen. That's why the Lord said... I've yet to see the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. And somebody always jumps up and says, what about Lazarus? I said, maybe he got saved laying there. Maybe that's what happened to him. Amen? But I'm glad, I'm glad that God our Father, we can count on Him to take care of us. Amen? All right, Uh, I'm talking about the cure of heart trouble. First of all, faith. Faith in God. Faith in Jesus. Faith in the precious Word of God. Talk about the cure for heart trouble. Remember, if you're saved, you have a heavenly Father. If you're not saved, you can get adopted in this morning. You can get born in this morning. Third thing. The cure has to do with our future. You say, why you say that? Because he said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. You got a promise from God. And you got a promise of a bright future. A glorious future. A unexplainable future. A undescribable future. That belongs to every child of God. Amen. You're not going to be living in a pup tent. You're not going to be in some kind of a housing facility. The Lord has promised that He's built us a place and it wouldn't do any good if Mark Rouse built me a house and he said, Brother Rick, I'm going to build you a house. Glory to God. But it wouldn't do me any good if I couldn't get to it. And I can't get to this place unless He comes and takes me there. Unless He sends the heavenly pallbearers or takes me at the rapture, I know it's in the north somewhere, but I can't get there. But he said, I'm going to come get you. We have a promise. I will come again. I'm glad we don't just have a promise. I'm glad we have a prayer. Look over in, in, uh, in John 17. This blesses me. I have to read it often. 
You say, what's John 17? It's the priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus. It's really what should be called the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6 is a model prayer. This is often called that. But notice here in verse 20, He's praying for the disciples. Look at verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through the Word. That's me! That's me! That's me! Jesus prayed for me! And I wasn't even close to being born then. Now, He's promised me something. Talking about heart cure. He promised me something. And he prayed for me. But it gets even better. Look down if you will. Or go back to John 11. And Jesus says there at the graves of Lazarus. On down through there about the end of that. And Jesus says. Father. He said I know. That thou always hearest me. In other words, when he's praying, God always answers you. You say, why? God would always answer your prayer if they was all in the perfect will of God. Jesus never prayed a prayer outside the will of God. And I just read to you there that he had prayed to the Father that I, that you, would be where he is. You think that's going to happen? Look down verse 24 back to John 17. Here's what he prayed. I know what he prayed. He said, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me. Jesus prayed for me. Jesus' prayers are always answered. And he prayed that the same people would be with him. Well, if I don't cure your heart trouble, I don't know what to tell you. Now look at look at look at John fourteen twenty seven. Peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. There it is again. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither be what afraid. I secure for heart trouble. Right there. Faith. Father. Their future. Jesus said, My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. I tell you, I've never had the world to give me any peace. Really, they're the reason I need peace. Because of the trouble and the turmoil and all the things going on out of my control. But Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. I've, I've had this happen in my life and there's others in this room today that could testify if they wanted to when I get done here in a minute. They could testify and say, Brother Rick, when I was going through the awfulest thing, the worst thing in my life, when I was going through that, I can't explain it. I didn't have all the answers. I didn't know how it would all work out. But there was just a deep, deep, settled peace. As if the Lord whispered and saying, it's going to be okay. That's that peace Jesus gives this morning. The Lord understands that we have heart trouble. He recognizes we have heart trouble.
He knows we're flesh, we're human. He knows that. He knows we get afraid. One of the greatest men in the Old Testament was David, and David said, what time I'm afraid. What was the cure? I'll trust in thee. Same thing. Now, each of us, each of us have a family tree. They have a show on now, and they might come to Brother Caleb and and they'd run his family tree and they'd find out where his roots really come from and who all was connected with him and people and all that stuff. We call that the family tree. And I was sitting there this morning about 5 o'clock drinking coffee and looking out the window after hearing the wind blow all night long. I mean, it blowed all night, hard, hard. I thought it was rain, but it wasn't. I found out it was wind. It was blowing I sat there in the living room with a cup of coffee and I'm looking out at the trees out my window there and about all the leaves are gone. There's a few trying to hang on and that wind's blowing. That wind's blowing. And I got to thinking every one of us is just like that. We're all trying to hang on. We're all trying to stay on down here. We're doing everything we can to hold on. But the winds are blowing. They're twisting us every way and upside down and every way. And one of these days, we're going to turn loose. My question tonight, today in finishing is this. If you turn loose, where are you going? Father, I thank you this morning for